Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and listen, the NHL draft is quickly coming upon us here. And the Pittsburgh Penguins president of hockey operations, Kyle Dubas, has a decision to make, as we all know. Does he trade the first round pick? 14th overall, the highest selection for the Pittsburgh Penguins since they took Derek Pouliot in 2012 at 8th overall. Or does he actually make the selection? It's interesting because... Kyle Dubas has been on the job for just over two weeks, probably still getting a feel for the organization. But as we mentioned, 16 days from now, he'll be sitting at the draft table, and if he hadn't already, he'll have a decision to make at the time. Will he take the 14th overall selection, add a prospect to the Pittsburgh Penguins pool, or will he trade that pick and try to help the team next season? The thing is... He's likely to use as much of that time as possible before dealing the pick, if that is indeed the way that he chooses to go. Kyle Dubas, as we learned, spent some time in Buffalo last week at the NHL Scouting Combine. So, his watchful presence was there as members of the Pittsburgh Penguins Scouting Department did player interviews, as the players went through the Combine... Dubas was there. Dubas was taking in all the information. And really, if you're on the outside looking in and you claim to have a read on where he's leaning, you're guessing. At this point, it could go either way. The Penguins could say, hey, we're going to trade this pick. You know, I know Mark Scheifele's name has been put out there as, as somebody that could be on the Penguins' radar. Obviously, they need a goaltender, Connor Hellebuck. From the same team, the Winnipeg Jets is on the trade block. UC Soros from Nashville is on the trade block. And if you haven't seen, John Gibson, who is a Pittsburgh native, is also on the trade block. All three, of course, playing the position of goaltender, which the Pittsburgh Penguins have as their top priority. So it could go either way at this point, but that decision with 16 days to go, I would not be surprised if it took every bit of 16 days for us to find out whether or not Kyle Dubas will keep the selection or if he will trade it away. There's an immense need for the Penguins to rebuild the prospect system. right? You look at the system. Yes, you had one player graduate last season in P.O. Joseph, and he looks like he's a capable NHL player. That is a win for the Pittsburgh Penguins as far as their developmental program is concerned. They have Ty Smith, who they added last offseason at the age of 22. That's going to help tremendously, but he is also very close, maybe even as early as opening day next season, to graduating from the prospect system. You have Poulin, Legaray, and Pustinen, who are there on the forward side. You have Owen Pickering, who is going to take another step next year. We'll see where he begins the season. You have Joel Blomqvist, who just signed at the goaltending position to a three-year entry-level contract. But realistically, it's a thin, thin prospect pool that is going to rank even after this year's NHL draft. It is going to rank between 28th and 32nd in the National Hockey League. 
So there is a massive need for the Pittsburgh Penguins to rebuild the system. And it goes a long way when you pick 14th overall in a draft that is considered to be pretty decently deep in the first round. I know that there's nobody that's quite as good as Connor Bedard. Adam Fantilli is also an extreme talent that's going to be at the top of the board. Matvey Mitchkov is a name that has dropped a lot over the past year, but still somebody who is considered to be an immense talent. There's a lot of good players early on in this draft, and with the Penguins having the highest selection that they've had in over a decade, that's a lot to think about when considering whether to trade it or whether to keep it. Thankfully, I'm not making the decision, but when you look at Kyle Dubas's quote, two-prong approach that he detailed in his opening press conference just a little over two weeks ago, the second prong was rebuilding the system and closing the gap between the end of the careers of Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, and Chris Letang, and the next phase of competitive and winning hockey in Pittsburgh, because there's going to be a gap, and the only way to close that gap is to bring in young talent and to mold young talent to be ready in the next three or four or five years to take the reins. Now, let's not lie about it. Nobody that the Pittsburgh Penguins will select 14th overall will be able to fill the shoes of any of the core players for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But they could be a building block towards the future. And that's why this decision becomes more difficult. Because the Penguins system routinely over the past five seasons now has been one of the worst in the National Hockey League. But at the same time, the first prong of that two-prong approach that Dubas mentioned was trying to win another Stanley Cup with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. And unfortunately for the team, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get them to that point. There are immense needs at the NHL level in this organization right now that you cannot just dismiss the possibility of Kyle Dubas trading away the Penguins' top pick. There are several, not one, but several high-end goaltenders that are going to be on the market this summer as far as trades are concerned. One of them is UC Soros. That's an interesting one to me. I know everybody says, well, why would the Nashville Predators and Poyle and, and Trotz or whoever's in charge at the moment, I don't know when that transition of power is going to happen in Nashville, why would they move away from UC Soros, somebody who's highly considered as one of the top 10 goaltenders in the National Hockey League? Well, they also have a young goaltender in Yaroslav Askarov who's coming up the pipeline, who's younger, and who's definitely going to be cheaper. And the goaltending position is similar to the quarterback position in football. Maybe not as drastic, but the best teams are the ones that can get great performances out of their goaltenders for not a lot of money. Once you get them on those rookie deals or those second contracts that are bridge deals, that's when you can build around them and that goaltender could be the main reason you're winning. Look at Nashville. UC Soros was the main reason they were winning for a long time on a young, cheaper contract, and now it's going to get more and more expensive, so they're traded in for the newer model. Sometimes it works. Look at the New York Islanders and Ilya Sorokin. Look at the New York Rangers and Igor Shosturkin. Sometimes it doesn't work. Look at the Penguins and Matt Murray and that entire situation. So... You have Soros. You have Connor Hellebuck, who we talked about last week. You have John Gibson, as everybody's mentioned. These names 
are all available for trade. And with the Pittsburgh Penguins needing to figure out their goaltending situation, those three are likely the top names on the list. Yes, there's some free agents that you could reach out to. Aiden Hill, who's one game away from winning a Stanley Cup as a goaltender, will be available as an unrestricted free agent this summer, or at least if the Vegas Golden Knights don't go and re-sign him before then. And also, I mean, you look at the Penguins, you can't dismiss the fact that they need help on the blue line as well. Do you trust Marcus Pedersen and P.O. Joseph? Either of them to be a top-pairing guy? If not, then you need a top-pairing guy. If you do, you still need to shift some things around because I don't think natural progression is going to get this defense to be anywhere where it needs to be to be a contender, certainly. But to be in the playoffs, they need to take steps forward, and I don't know if natural progression is going to be enough for that. We all remember the meme of Kyle Dubas holding two phones at once on the draft floor. He had the the regular phone on one ear and the cell phone on the other ear, and he, he was wheeling and dealing. We might be seeing that again. I'm afraid the final weekend of June will just be as busy for Kyle Dubas as he looked in that picture. He's hoping to set the Penguins on course for the future, and this move is going to certainly control the narrative of this entire offseason. You start with this, and you go from there. What does he do with the first-round pick? Does he make the make the selection? Add a name to the, to the list for the Pittsburgh Penguins and hope that that player works out in three years, four years, maybe even five, depending on the prospect you select. It might take that long. It, you, know, you might select a prospect, and you might move really quickly, and you might see him in two years. Or do you try to get the help for next year's team? Most likely a goaltender, but can't rule out him looking for a guy like maybe Mark Shifley. Can't rule out him maybe looking for a guy on defense. The Penguins have holes to fill, and that first-round pick could go a long way in making a big impact on next year's team. Regardless of what he ends up doing, I think you're going to see him hold that first-round pick down to the wire before he makes that decision. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. We'll see you guys next time.